You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hey ladies, have you ever been in the middle of a clinical day when your assistant or your hygienist or someone who works for you does something that you want them to do a little bit different? or maybe a lot different. Maybe you're a little bit irked or you're furious. Either way, I have felt the pain of being in the middle of taking care of humans and not being able to take the time right then and there to be the manager as well. And then what happens typically is we get to the end of the clinical day and we still haven't talked to that person about what we want them to do differently. And there's two reasons for that. One is because we really are busy. We really are. But the other one is that there's reasons our brain will give us not to have that conversation. It's uncomfortable. And we don't know exactly what we're going to say or how we're going to do it. We don't know how to have a conversation about positive changes that don't turn frustrating for the recipient or for us or both. And the thing is that I have had so many clients come to me and complain about this problem that I have actually made a course just for you, you female dental owners, and it doesn't cost anything at all. (laughs) I made it for you for free. It's deeper than I can go in just a podcast. So what I did was I put the whole course together in a, um, a little online bundle and all you do is text me to get the course so I have this number set up it's 66866 such an easy number to remember and you just text the words love your employees to the number but you can't leave any spaces between the words or it won't come back correct I don't know what you'll get if you leave a space but so your autocorrect will want you to leave spaces there. You got to go back in and delete the spaces. Love your employees to 66866. And the next time someone does something in your practice that you want to change, you will have a very easy system that smooths out the speed bumps that our brain wants to put in place for us to not do the thing. But trust me, I have helped many women do this before. It's a tried and true plan. I use it myself text the number, and then I'll see you in the course. Well, hey there, ladies. Dr. Laura Mock here for another episode of Love Your Practice. I'm so happy that you've decided to tune in with me today. It's a beautiful fall day. It's actually the first day of the end, I mean, of daylight savings time. So I got a little extra sleep last night. I'm not complaining. I might feel different when it gets dark at 5 p.m. tonight, but for right now, I'm feeling fresh as a daisy. So that's nice. Um, If this is the first time you are tuning in or you haven't listened to an episode recently, I highly encourage you to go back one episode. It's called uh, something about processing negative emotions. Um, So I, about a month ago, I had um, my longest time employee who I love to pieces resign. And my last episode, I went through the process of just feeling the suck, if that makes sense. I just, the entire episode is just me 
letting you hear me process what it feels like and how I go about experiencing a negative emotion. And this is important because if we are okay with experiencing a negative emotion, if we're open to it, if we don't try to push it away or run away from the negative emotion, we have more options open to us because we aren't afraid to experience the suck, if that makes sense. I want each of you to think about that and what your life would be like if you weren't afraid to feel a sucky thing. Not a lot would change, right? We wouldn't be dictated so much by fear of something unpleasant. And when we think of an emotion as a physical vibration through our body and not the end or the beginning of something good or bad, it's simply a vibration through our body. It kind of diffuses the fear of feeling a bad thing. I'm not going to say that it feels great. I mean, I felt threatened. I really, really did. And my brain went through all of the scenarios, but I kind of sat with my brain, if that makes sense. I was a friend and a supporter of my brain going, yes, Laura, you are feeling this thing and it's hard and that is okay. So what I want to do today is I want to go back uh, a couple of weeks. And I want to tell you what I did to help myself to feel better because I did eventually feel ready to experience some better emotions about losing that key employee. And it's interesting because when I was feeling those heavy, heavy thoughts, it was hard for me. I wanted to, but it was hard for me to wish her well. I wanted to. But now, now that I see better where my practice is going, it's so easy. It's so easy for me to say, I hope things really, really work out for you, you know? And it's kind of like the second part of going through a breakup. Like, okay, I lost this person that I loved and we're not partners anymore. And yet, I have so much respect and love for that person. I feel like I can say, I hope that the next phase of their life is really, really good. Okay. So what I want to do is since that day that I made this podcast, this last podcast episode, I have been collecting thoughts that I put into my brain or that, or that occurred to me as I was going about my days that I felt like were really, really helpful for me. And I, so I kept a list of them for you and I'm gonna go through that. The first thing that I wanna do is I want to show you an intentional model that I made. Now, if you are new to my podcast, I want to explain to you just very quickly that the model is a tool, a life coaching tool that I use that helps me to evaluate any situation that's in my life, good or bad, helps me understand why I'm feeling a certain way and also why I am acting in a certain way. And this is called causal coaching. If you want to hear more about causal coaching, go back to the beginning of my podcast. And probably in the first 10 episodes, I explain better and in way more detail how I use the model. Today, I'm just going to use it. 
And if you're curious, just go back to the beginning. But what I did was I made what's called an intentional model, which means I had already processed the suck and I was ready to ask myself what I wanted to create instead. So I have these different pieces of the model and I'm going to describe them to you just audio wise today. I'm not gonna create, um, put this on a screen for you. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice I'm really not dressed up today. <laughs> Usually I, I try to look nice for these, but um, yesterday was a travel day for me. And this is my one slice of time to make this podcast. So I'm sitting here in my hat and my sweatshirt, and this is how you're getting me today. Okay. So I'm going to describe this model to you. And the first section of the model is the fact. It's also known as the circumstance. If you listen to Brooke Castillo, they're the same thing. I just felt like one day I wanted to, to rename some of the parts. So it's the fact of the situation, which is the cold, hard, neutral facts that everybody in the world would agree with. Or if we were in um, a court of law, both sides of the representation would agree, the defense and the offense of the attorneys, okay? And this is what I put down for the fact. My employee resigned. Now notice that I did not put in there, my employee of 15 years resigned, or she's leaving me, or I'm understaffed. All I did was I said exactly what happened. I can pull up the letter right now if you want me to, and I can say, here is the resignation letter. Here is the date that she's going to be done. That is the most neutral way I can put that, okay? The reason what, the reason I want it neutral is because I want my brain to see that there are a lot of different ways I could look at this and still be valid. My old way of looking at it like I, I was being threatened is one way, but it's a way that feels like crap and it doesn't help me act the way I intend to. So I'm acknowledging that I might want to look at things a different way. And what I did next was I asked myself what I want, how I want to show up for myself in this situation. And I call this the power line because I want to see what my own power is in this situation. And I'm not going to put down how I want other people to behave in the power line because all I'm doing is choosing how I am showing up for me and my practice. And what I decided is that I, where is it? I cultivate my team and the patients that I have. Meaning I wanna be there for the team who chooses to stay. And I want them to be the very best that they can be. And the way that I can add to that is I can't make them be the best that they can be, but I can encourage that. And I can check in with them and I can pay them well. And I can give them the training that they need to be the best, then the rest is up to them. And same with cultivating the patience. What I can do for my patients is I can learn how to do things that my patients want and I can offer those things to them. I can be curious with them. I can laugh and cry with my patients. I can show up for them in a way that creates the kind of loyalty that is not the same if my patients think I am a commodity. I am not selling tires that some company made. I am selling an accumulation 
of the emotional and physical intelligence that I have gained over being in dentistry since 1998 and doing the deep work of being new at things and learning how to be a life coach, which I'm telling you right now really helps me interview my patients well. And all of the things that make my practice unique, and this is my power, that I can cultivate those things. And that is how I am choosing to show up for myself. Now, the next thing that we do when we make an intentional model is we look at that power and we go, what are the individual steps that I wanna take in order to express this power in my life. And then all I do in this intentional model is I make a list of things that I wanna do. And this is the list that I made and your list might look different and that's okay. I'm just visualizing myself. I'm a fly on the wall. What am I doing every day that shows that I'm cultivating my team and my patience? This I can control, can't control if somebody decides to leave, either employee or team, but I can show up for my people. So number one, and it's huge, is I put down, I thank my team. And I know that that's important because everyone wants to feel appreciated and helpful, and especially dental employees want to feel appreciated. Because if you think about it, if you ask each person, if you do a little survey of all the dental employees, in the country, and what, what do you, what do we think the number is? Like maybe seven hundred fifty thousand, maybe eight hundred thousand dental employees. If you ask them all, why did you get into dentistry? They're not going to say, "Oh, it's because I like looking at the blood." Well, actually, there might be a couple of people who say that, but or I like, um, I like hunching over people. It feels good when my back hurts at the end of the day. They're going to say. I like seeing a change. I like helping people, okay? They're all gonna say they like helping people. That's why they're here. And I can cultivate that by thanking them sincerely every day. The next thing that I put is, this is more for me, I review why I feel grateful to my team. The reason that I put this down is because if I'm directing my brain towards the things that I want to feel grateful for right now, if I'm directing myself towards reasons why I am grateful, it's a lot harder for me to think about why I'm threatened. Because remember, I'm trying to get out of feeling threatened. I'm trying to get out of acting like I'm threatened and get back to the way I want to show up. And so this is, this looks like this. Wow. I can't believe how much my employees support each other. Wow. Look at what they did today. Look at how they showed up for themselves and their patients. And we made it through another day where we're short a hygienist. Wow. Look at how skilled so-and-so is at this thing. I am so lucky that she works for me. Those are the types of thoughts that I have been cultivating around my team. Now, does that mean that I am pretending that my team is perfect? No, you did not hear me say to myself, my team is perfect. My team never makes any mistakes. I am not going to put actions and thoughts in my brain 
that I don't believe because it's not effective. It's not unicorns and daisies. It's real. And there are so many things to be grateful for. In fact, we just got home from a team, um, a team trip. We re-signed up for Blatchford Solutions about six months ago. And this was our first time going back to um, one of the team meetings. And we just had a blast. It was in Arizona. We went hiking. We had amazing meals. We went dancing together. Like we made, we set goals. We got excited about our practice, about the current team that we have. We talked about how amazing it was. We toasted each other. And I am so glad we did that. So kudos to the Blatchfords for hosting an amazing meeting and for giving us a reason to get out of our hidey holes in cold Iowa and get, get out there to Arizona. And yeah, it was such a good exercise in giving my brain opportunities to be in gratitude. Okay. Here's another one. I look at opportunities. So for example, um, I look to notice, hey, you know what? With the economy the way it is right now, we do have several patients every week who come out of the hygiene schedule because they're scared. And it's fall, which is another reason why sometimes it gets slow. And of course, we recently went fee for service, which means we are asking more of our patients than we asked before. And some patients don't want to give that much and they are deciding to exit the practice. And that can be looked at as an opportunity when my head is screwed on straight. And I will tell you that having fewer hygienists to pay while patients are exiting the practice is an amazing opportunity. Wow, not only is it amazing to have a lower payroll at this moment. I also have an extra assistant right now because my associate left the practice and I didn't let her assistant go because I think she's amazing. And I was like, I think maybe I can figure out what I can do with three assistants. And now it's happening. I have an assistant every day who can assist my hygienist, make sure that my hygienist is still having a good day and we are getting along with this one hygienist and I'm not having to pay two hygienists right now. That's not bad. It lowers the threshold of how uh, much I can, uh, how, how soon we get to our bonuses. So, which means that the team is also better paid at this moment. Well, that's another thing is that I look at opportunities. These are actions that I am taking daily in an intentional way redirecting my brain every time I see something threatening. Uh, for example, I saw, um, I saw my hygienist announce on social media where she's going to next. And you can bet your bottom dollar that um, that felt threatening for a good solid minute or so. I was like, Bleh! you know, all the lights were flashing. But then I reined myself back in and I was like, you know, Laura, you can choose to be threatened about this or you can stay in gratitude. You can, you can go where you're choosing to go. And so what I did is I added another action to my model, which is 
uh, where is it? I remove reminders of the sad thing that happened. <laughs> and I literally went onto social media and I went, not looking at that, curating my feed. And I removed that reminder. Another thing that I've done is that um, we were keeping this list in a spiral notebook of patients who had left the practice. And I was like, I was looking at the list and watching it get longer. And I said to my front desk team, I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to see this list. I do not need to be reminded of who thinks of me as a commodity right now. And, you know, honestly, I wish them the best, but I don't need more reminders or more opportunities for my brain to tell me that things are getting threatened, right? So we just put the list away. We still have the list, but it's not in plain sight where I can see it. Yes, maybe. Am I putting my head in the sand? I don't know. I don't think so. Because remember, I'm focused on cultivating my team and my patients. And that is where I want to put my brain, not on the scary shit. Okay. Here is another one. I seek to be curious. That is in my action plan in my model. And that looks like this. Oh, I see there's holes in the hygiene schedule today because um, we're going fee for service. I wonder who we will help today because we can. The same exact thing will happen if I have openings in my operative schedule. Maybe somebody has COVID or maybe I just never sold that double crown slot or block. Nobody chose today to have two crowns. And so I have an opening and it would be very easy for my brain to go, well, this means the practice is about to fail. But that's not actually very logical or true, is it? That wouldn't go in the, the fact line of any model, right? So what I do is I ask myself, who can I help today? And that feels amazing. That is engendering curiosity, looking for opportunities to, I don't know if it'll be something that I help that makes me money, or maybe it'll be cultivating a team member, or maybe it'll just be sitting with a patient of mine who's been my patient for 10 or 15 years and going, Mrs. Jones, a lot of times when you come in for your exams, I've got stuff going on across the hall and I can't stay for very long, but today I can. How are your grandchildren? Do you have any pictures of them? How is your puppy? You know, things that, that make that person's day, I'm not going to make any money for, but you know what, money isn't everything and it feels really freaking good to help someone, right? Because even dentists, if you, if you interviewed them and polled them and, and you said, why did you go into dentistry? Many of them would say, because I like helping people. So during this time when patients might be following my hygienist away from the practice, or they might be leaving because I'm now asking more of them, I can seek curiosity by asking myself who I can help today. And I will tell you that there is always a good answer to that question and it feels so great. And the other thing is that I just, this is another curiosity thing. I leave my curiosity goggles on and recognize when I am feeling threatened and then just ask myself if I wanna stay there. 
like when I saw that social media post and I was like, <laughs> I said, well, okay, this is what you're feeling, Laura. Do you want to stay here? And as you know, from the last podcast episode, for a while, I did want to stay there. It felt very real. It felt very threatening. And I needed to sit there and feel it for a while. But now I don't, I don't even think it's actually that valid to stay in feeling threatened because I am such a freaking good dentist and I have such an amazing team that anyone who wants to leave to follow her can go and make space for somebody else to be amazed at what I have already created. I believe that wholeheartedly. So this is my list of things that I want to do, okay? And I asked myself, looking at this list, what emotion would help me stay in these types of actions instead of the feeling threatened types of actions, like doubling down and looking at that list of patients leaving and thinking about how terrible it is and maybe calling the old hygienist and saying, don't take my patients or calling the attorney, you know, I, all of those things that I could do if I stayed in feeling threatened. I said, what emotion would help me to do all of these things the best? And the emotion that I chose was gratitude. I tell you what, when you are feeling gratitude, it's hard to feel anything bad. And when I'm feeling gratitude, of course, I want to help as much as I can and I want to feel more gratitude, like I'm feeling the gratitude and I'm looking for evidence that the gratitude is real, okay? And then I asked myself, this is the last step for making an intentional model. I asked myself, because I know that emotions are created from what we are thinking in our brains. This is what I learned when I went to life coach training. And I coach myself, I am my best client. I said, what can I think in my mind that I believe that makes me feel grateful? And this is the sentence that I chose. And I've thought it over and over and over again in the last month. I know that I can turn a hardship into an opportunity. And this is something that I have done in my life so many times. I believe it 100%. And the word opportunity is a very vigorating word for me because then I go, ooh, what are we doing? What's this opportunity? And yes, it was hard to lose someone so close to me, but I would call that a hardship and I'm going to turn it into an opportunity because I love doing that. And I've proven to myself so many times that I can do that. So what I'm doing is I've basically tattooed this thought onto the insides of my eyelids. I have decided to turn it into a practice to think this thought over and over and over again. And I have a few others that I'm gonna read to you before I close. And then if you hear this episode and you're like, you know what? I think maybe I could use a little bit more of this in my life. You could continue to listen to my podcast or you could reach out to me. Um, it's almost the end of the year and my fees are gonna be going up. 
So it would be a wonderful time to reach out to me before my fees go up. It'll never be this inexpensive again to, to sit and do the six month program with me where we sit down and we look at what your brain is doing and decide together intentionally what you wanna create instead. So here's these other thoughts that I've been engendering, practicing. I want a team comprised of people who want to work for me. You know, just to um, elaborate on that a little bit, there's many things that I can teach a team member to do, but I cannot teach them to have a good attitude. I cannot make them want or appreciate working for me. And so if they don't want to work for me, then I want them to leave and preferably before I have to let them go. So this is amazing. I want a team comprised of people who want to work for me. Here's the next one. It's okay if a patient doesn't think I am the dentist for them because I cannot be everybody's dentist and I don't want to be a discount dentist anymore. I just don't want to. I don't want to get paid $400 for doing four MOs and DOs. It's not worth it on my body, especially because I still have to pay my overhead. So I really didn't make anything on those. I wanna be able to look at a problem that a, a patient has and go, I have a solution for that and I will get compensated correctly when I fix it because that is my choice. And if a patient doesn't think I'm the dentist for them, if they think they wanna go somewhere where it costs them less, then that is up to them. And the other dentist can worry about how they can cover their costs because I'm not going to do it anymore. Here's another one. We're in an economic slowdown. Reducing payroll right now is not a bad thing. Here's another one. I have six amazing employees and they watch out for each other, which is true. This might be the first time that I have had a team where there is not a single complainer among them. And that is worth a lot. It might even be worth juggling around the hygiene schedule and um, knowing that things are not predictable anymore, being okay with realizing that every day we're just going to work out how to make it through the day. And finally, I maybe have already mentioned this. This is my last one. I have many skills that set me apart as a dentist that people will want to see and even pay for because they don't see me as a commodity. And that feels amazing. I tell you what, being fee for service right now during this time, I just can't tell you how amazing it is because I literally do love going to my practice more every day. So I don't have to worry about that mean meaning in the middle of the, the institution being between my patients and me. That is not there anymore. And sometimes, some days I make a lot and some days I don't make very much. And I believe that um, we're going to continue to make more as time goes on. And I will tell you that uh, between you and me, I as you know, I lost an associate and I went fee-for-service at the same time. And we have yet to encounter a month where we bring in less 
than we were bringing in before, even with open times. So that, ladies, is the end of this episode. And I hope that it's been helpful for you. If you are thinking that you want to do some of these exercises with me, you reach out to me before those bees go up in January, okay? We'll talk to you soon, ladies. Take care. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. I'm Dr. Laura Mock signing out. Remember, if you want to take that free course on correcting your employees, text the words love your employees with no spaces to 66866. Thanks, ladies. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.